Welcome, John. Yeah, good morning. It's great to see you all here in person, folks online. Good to see you too. Um, so uh, we got baptisms today, and that is big doings. What, one of the things that I love about baptism is it gives us a picture in the physical of what's happening in the spiritual. So when folks go under that water, right, it's a picture of them going in the grave with Jesus. And then when they come out of that water, whoo, it's clapping and wet high fives, and it's a picture of them being raised in new life with Jesus. That is so good. And I love how baptism, it also reminds us that the physical and the spiritual are connected. They're both equally real and at work in our lives. Well, uh, last week, before Brian gave his powerful talk on healing, I gave a little talk about uh, how we're doing financially, and it was good, it, you know, it was good to be transparent and all. Um, today, I want to start by giving a little, talking a little bit about how I'm doing, how John's doing. Um, that's less important, but I have the microphone. <laughs> yeah. So, with everything that's going on, right, with this heartbreaking and very serious situation we're in, with responding to allegations of misconduct and losing our senior pastor and all of that, I will tell you that I'm a bit of a mess. And I feel incredible hope for myself, for us as a church community. I am really in the already and the not yet of God's kingdom. Yeah, I'm just so sad for, for, the, for the victims, for the pain that they have been through, it breaks my heart. Yeah, when, when people are abused sexually or spiritually or in any way, that it's just clear that God's kingdom is not yet here in this world. Pray for, pray for those people. I, I, I want there to be justice. Pray for the police, right? At the very same time, I love the people that are accused of abuse, and having so many emotions, right? A robot like me is not used to feeling so many emotions at once. For a while, I just stopped sleeping until my doctor convinced me that you can't actually live and not sleep. And so she put me on some medication. And at first, I was a little ashamed about that. You know, I'd never been on mental health medication before. Um, you know, and I'd been through way harder, more stressful things in my life when I was an attorney. But this is just so personal. I should have talked to her sooner. You know, there is a mental health crisis going on in America today. You know, it's an epidemic. And if you are struggling in that area, don't be a dope like me. Go get help now. You know, if trauma or sexual abuse is part of your history, you need prayer and you need professional counseling. You know, again, the, the, the spiritual and the physical, they're interrelated. And at the same time that this thing is so messed up, right, there's so many ways that God's kingdom is not yet here, his kingdom is already here. It is breaking through now in our community. I feel that. I hope you feel that. We see it here happening. You know, when so many folks experience physical healing, when there is so much transformation still going on in people's lives, you, you, just, you don't have to look past the baptisms that are happening today to know that God's doing things. He's breaking through in this church. And for me personally, the whole time that this has been going on, I've had this strange sense of peace. Like, it is well with my soul. God has got us. 
He, he, he has got me. He has got this church. We just need to listen and obey. And, and I, I think that we, we don't have a complete picture of what God's calling us into next as a church, but I know it is good. He is calling us into something good. And the way we respond to, to this situation, it can shine Jesus' light powerfully into this world. And part of that is in the physical, right? How, what we do, what we say, that's important to do what we think Jesus would do and say, what he's guiding us into. But also there's a whole spiritual level to this. Last Monday, I was driving in my car, I had a long drive, and I'm talking to God about this. I'm crying out to him, and I feel like my mind just keeps going back to this particular part of the Bible, this particular scripture. And I think this might be something for us as we, um, as we walk through this. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. Our holy God has done great things through the Vineyard Church. He has, done, he has blessed us in some amazing ways over the years. And I think God might be saying, now's the time for us to press more into fearing him. Yeah, to, to caring less about what anybody else thinks and caring more about what Jesus thinks. To press into humility and repentance and to let the mighty one lift us up. All right, that was a little, nice little chat about um, how I'm doing. Thank you. Um, but I actually have to uh, deliver a talk today. Um, and we've been having this series of messages on the Holy Spirit, right? On empowerment. And today we're going to talk about the gift of prophecy, about hearing from God and speaking for him. And wow, we, we need that. We are desperate for that as we go through this season as a church. But who am I kidding? Everybody needs this. Everybody wants this, even if they don't know it. They want it, even if they don't believe in God. I love the way that when atheists get desperate, they pray. See, most of us want to believe that there is more to life than just the physical. Yeah, we want to be able to hear from God. And why wouldn't we? I mean, if there is an all-loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God, hearing from him will just make our lives better. Right? We, we, we'll, feel more, we'll feel better. We, we, we will understand things better. And, and hearing from God will actually help us to believe that there is a God. Now, if we're followers of Jesus, if we actually read the Bible and believe the stuff it says in there, we should expect this to happen in our lives. We should. I mean, Jesus, he said a lot of great stuff. And one of the things he said was that he is the good shepherd. And how that works is his sheep know his voice. They will know his voice and follow him. So do we know Jesus' voice? Right? Do, do we recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives? Yes, no, maybe. If you don't think that you do, don't freak out. 
I'm not saying you're not a sheep. <laughs> I'm not saying you're not a follower. Today, what we're going to do is learn better how to hear his voice. The Apostle Paul, early follower of Jesus, church planter, he writes a letter to the church in Corinth, and he has a lot to say about talking to God about how we speak to him. He talks about speaking in tongues, how it's this private spiritual language, and he talks about hearing from God for ourselves, for other people. That's prophecy. And for example, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 14, excuse me, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They are uttering mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to, the, speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Well, we're going to unpack this little chunk of the Bible today. The Bible is so good. You should try reading it for yourself. Um, and when we look at this little chunk of the Bible here, we're going to see that it has almost all the reasons why we don't recognize God's voice, why, why we don't hear from him and speak for him today. This is the bad news part of today's talk. We don't hear from God. We don't speak for him because we don't eagerly desire it. We don't expect it. We don't know how to recognize God's voice in our lives. We don't use prophecy properly in loving ways to strengthen and encourage and comfort. And we don't pray for other people. That's the bad news part. But hey, we're going to turn that frown upside down. That's what Jesus does, right? He's so good at that. The Bible actually teaches us how to press into this, how how to, to learn to hear from God and speak for him. That's where we're going today. So first, we're going to pray. Join me in prayer. Holy Spirit, come. We need you here today. And Lord, part of this is on us to open ourselves up to you and to cooperate with you. But your the senior partner here. We need you to break through into our lives. Lord, I've heard it said that you are, you are speaking all the time. It's kind of like how the radio signals are always coming through, but we need to turn our radios on. And some of us don't know how. We don't even think we have a radio. Lord, show us how today. Wake us up to that. Lovingly bring us in to a new stage in our relationship with you where we hear more from you, where we speak for you, where we have that gift, that blessing in our lives. Come with power, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right. Uh, To press in, to actually a great way to press in to, to hearing from God, to speaking for him, is that we eagerly desire that we expect to hear from God and to speak for him. <laughs> Paul here in this passage, he, he's saying that you got to want it, right? You got to desire it. You got you to gotta want that to be part of your life. And I'm saying that part of that is you need to expect it to actually happen. Yeah, if, if we run from hearing from God, God's probably not going to chase us down. If, if we think that, you know, yeah, this is something that happens for other people, but it doesn't happen for me, you know, we're probably right. 
And Paul here in the passage, he, he's not doing like a bait and switch kind of thing here. He's not saying like eager desire, eagerly desire prophecy, but you know, it's probably not going to happen. Be realistic. It won't be a thing for you, but you should really, really want it anyway. No. He, Paul thinks it's going to happen for you, for me. Because that was his experience. It happened for him in the churches that he planted. And also Paul, he was a Pharisee, like a super Bible nerd. He knew what the prophet Joel had predicted. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will dream dreams. Excuse me, your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Joel is talking about us, right? You, you, we can deny it. We can run from it. But if we are followers of Jesus, this gift of hearing from him and speaking for him, that is normal. It happens. So buckle up, right? Our God isn't tame. He says some crazy stuff. He really does. Yeah, and, and I would encourage us all to want it, to eagerly desire it, to expect it, to expect it in our lives. But maybe you're like me at one point in my life. You're a little clueless and cynical, and you, you, know, you grew up in a tradition where maybe they didn't ever talk about these kind of gifts of the Spirit. Um, for me, something cool and scary happened a number of years ago. It was actually back in 2009. I was taking a class here at the vineyard down in the basement. Um, Doug Erickson was teaching on empowered evangelicals. Doug's like a genius, so it was a great class. I was learning a ton about, you know, how the kingdom of God works, the already and the not yet, and what God's doing today. Well, one night I was leaving the class, and I'm walking out, and there's another group going on. I don't know, a class, small group or something, and they're praying for this woman. And so this woman's receiving prayer, and she is like, shaking and convulsing, and I didn't like it. I was like, ooh, what is that? No, I, you know, I had been going to church with my wife, her Presbyterian church, the Chosen Frozen, as she calls them, and I'd grown up uh, as a Mennonite, you know, and this stuff was just weird. So I go home, and I go to bed that night, and that night I had the most vivid dream. I am right back in the basement, except this time I am exactly where the woman was and they're praying for me, and I am shaken and convulsing, and I don't like it, I am scared, and I'm like, ah, oh, out of control, and then I hear the most calming voice, and I know it's God. Uh, you know, that's how it works when you follow me. You have to surrender control. You, 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 don't you want me in charge in your life? I felt so loved and confronted in that dream. And then I wake up and I run to the bathroom because I didn't want to wake up my sleeping wife. And I get down on my knees and I call out to Jesus, yes, I confess that I, I have a lack of faith. I want to be in control and I want you to be in charge. Jesus, help me, help me. Now, I'm not saying that if you, you don't eagerly desire spiritual gifts, if you, if you don't want prophecy to be part of your life, that God's going to give you nightmares. No. Well, what I am saying is that, like me, God wants what's best for you. He does. He wants what's best for you. He wants to give you gifts, and he's not above shaking you up a little bit. You know, I, I really don't think it matters how we get there. 
But where we all start is to actually want this, to desire it. So do we? Are we willing to let God help us to want it, to change our wanter? Okay, next, to hear from God, you got to learn to recognize his voice. Yeah, and I think a lot of us, we have a false assumption. We assume that when God speaks, oh, does he speak, right? Like if God was going to talk to me right now, we, we would all hear it, right? It would be like, John, this is God Almighty. The bout you've been having with diarrhea, do not fear, it will pass. Yeah, we, we assume that it's going to be loud and out loud and maybe embarrassing. And sure, God's God. He can do that. He, he can do that. But if you look in the Bible, right, he talks to, to people in lots of ways. Right? If we look in Numbers, it says this. He said, listen to my word. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Yeah, God spoke directly to Moses. Moses got to hear an audible voice. But that doesn't happen for all of us. Some of us dream dreams. We, we have visions. We hear God's sm still small voice in our lives. Now, the thing is, we, we all need to learn to hear that voice for us individually. Intellectually, one of the things that's helped me with this is a book written by Dallas Willard, creatively titled, Hearing God. In it, Willard says some things some helpful stuff. Like one of the things he talks about is how we, um, we assume that if we're going to have dreams and visions and powerful moments hearing from God, that we need to be spiritually mature and holy. Yeah, that happens to those folks. But actually, if you look through the Bible, if you look at what really happens, often those powerful, dramatic things, those are for the immature, the newbies, to get their attention. And for mature followers of Jesus, normally what we hear is God's still small voice. Willard, he also talks about some of us, we want to hear from God on everything. And we get frustrated that, you know, I'm just not hearing from him enough, right? We want to know, God, Jesus, what do you want? What shirt do you want me to wear today? What coffee do you want me to order? What do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do there? Okay, we're in a real relationship with God, right? Imagine that you did that with your spouse, you might have to imagine you have a spouse. Imagine that it was, you were like a puppy and you were like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? That would drive our spouses insane. Now, God is way more patient than we are. But if we love our spouse, if we love God, wouldn't we take the time to figure out what they want and do that? Isn't that more loving? Maybe Jesus is just giving us the space to do that. Again, there's an intellectual part to this, and, and it's good to learn about this, but really what matters is the real world, right? In the real world, practically, the, the, way, the best way to learn God's voice is to pray for other people, and we're going to get to that, okay? Well, hold on, we'll get there. Um, I will say that we all need to do this. 
We, we need to recognize, just with all our other loved ones, the people in our lives, we need to recognize what God's voice sounds like for us. And one of the big things that stands in our way is we put God in a box. We only think he speaks in certain ways. For me, one of the things that helped with my box was actually a story in the Bible. It's the story of when the prophet Nathan confronts David about his adultery and his murder. Um, and you should read this story. It's a good one. It's in uh, 2 Samuel 12. Uh, the point here, though, is that um, when Samuel goes to David, right, to speak for the Lord, Samuel he clearly has a plan, right? He's thought this through. He's prayed about it. He has a way to, to take what's it, what God's truth and apply it in David's life. He thought it through. For me, I had kind of mistakenly come to the belief that, you know, the best way to hear from God is spontaneous, right? You know, I, I pray for people here on the weekend, and people come up, and spontaneously I hear from God, and I tell them, but I was putting God in a box. You know, when I'm reading my Bible, or when I'm walking the dog, or I, I'm, I'm, you know, driving on Monday, God can speak to me, right? He can speak to us in those times where we hear Him, and we pray more, and we think about it, and we let it sink in a bit, he speaks then too. For you, 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 can, you can do what I did. You can use what the truth of the Bible, the way God spoke to people in the Bible, to, to see different ways he does it and how he might be speaking to you to get out of our box. And I'll tell you, this is way worth it, right? It, it's way more important to learn this to, than to learn things like, I don't know, geometry. Um, this matters. So, do we recognize God's voice in our life? And if we do, what other ways might He be trying to talk to us, to speak with us? Holy Spirit, get our attention. Show us the ways you're trying to talk to us. Let us recognize your voice. Okay, next. Um, Imagine, imagine that it's your sweet 16th birthday. Oh, happy birthday, it's big doings. It's your sweet 16th birthday and your parents give you a nice new car. I guess some parents do that. That's not my family tradition. Um, when folks turn 16 in my family, they get the gift of being able to beg to use the oldest, most beat up car we have. But some parents do this. So imagine you get the car, and then you forget to change the oil, you get a bunch of speeding tickets, you back into a pole, and you rear-end another car. Your parents might let you drive less, right? They, they, they might take away the car. Well, God, he's our ultimate parent. He's the perfect parent. And the gift of prophecy, right, it's way more powerful than any car, even a V8. It, it is way more valuable. If we misuse that gift, what do we expect God will do? And just like it is uh, pretty common for teenagers to misuse cars, it's common for Christians to misuse prophecy. Yeah, it's happened here. Even spiritual abuse. God told me. God told me that you shouldn't marry that person uh, because I like someone else better. God told me, God told me that you never loved your wife because I got to be right about you and win the argument. God told me, God told me that you need healing from your victim mentality because I'm not going to address your allegations. 
God told me. That can be super dangerous. Back when, in, you know, in the Old Testament, um, if someone got up and said, God told me, if they prophesied and they got it wrong, they didn't get it right, do you know what they did? They killed that person. They didn't mess around. They knew how dangerous this was. Now, if you're on the ministry team and you come up here at the end of services and you pray for people and you say, God told me, don't worry. We're, we're not planning to go back to that. No, no. Um, that's not what we see in the New Testament, right? Things changed back then in the Old Testament. Only a few people heard from God. Now every follower of Jesus can hear from God. And besides, the Bible, Jesus is teaching us how to use prophecy right. How to do it right. That's what we're pressing into. And it's, it's, this is a powerful way to actually press into this, is to actually use prophecy right. And I'll be honest, it's not that hard. It's pretty simple, right? If we're going to say, God told me, then the next thing we say should be loving, it, it should be consistent with the Bible, and it should be tested. So, the Apostle Paul, he writes 1 Corinthians, and you know, he has an entire chapter, chapter 13, about love. And in it, he says, if I have the gift of prophecy, prophecy, and I can fathom all mysteries and, and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Nothing. Then we're going to jump down, that was chapter 13, right to chapter 14, our, our chunk of the Bible for today. Follow the way of love. Love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Now I'm going to jump to verse 3. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So, simply put, the only good prophecy is loving prophecy. Okay? Only good prophecy is loving prophecy. Now, we have to use God's definition of love. This isn't hallmark love or puppy love or codependent love. No, this is agape. This is the ultimate love. It is self-sacrificing, unconditional love. And Paul, he even applies it here to prophecy. He gives us an illustration. He says that prophecy should be strengthening, encouraging, and comforting right? Strengthening, encouraging, comforting. So, if, like I said, again, we're not going to start killing people if they get prophecy wrong. But if we prophesy, and it's not strengthening, encouraging, and comforting, well, we should be called out for that in a loving way so we can improve. Yeah, so if, if you don't have anything loving to say, don't say anything at all. Next, good prophecy, the only good prophecy is prophecy that's consistent with the Bible. Yeah, the Bible is done. It's finished, right? It's long enough. If you were trying to read this book, it is a long book. And so we, we're not adding to the Bible. We're not coming up with new chapters, right? We don't get to add to the Bible. We don't get to take things away from the Bible. No. And if you don't believe me, uh, just re read Revelation chapter 22, verse 18 and 19. It warns about doing that. Um, so, good prophecy. What good prophecy does is it takes the truth of the Bible and God applies it in our lives. He shows us how that's working out in our lives now. 
I mean, good prophecy can, can help us see the truth of the Bible more clearly. It can open us up to, to seeing it in new and powerful ways. Yeah, but prophecy never alters the truth of the Bible. No. Yeah. So if, if we don't have something to say that lines up, that's rooted with the Bible, don't say anything at all. Okay, next. The only good prophecy is tested prophecy. Paul gets to this in, um, in chapter 14 in Corinthians. Later on in that chapter, he says, uh, two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully, weigh carefully what is said. And the Greek word here for weigh carefully, it, um, it means to test, to judge, to evaluate. And it also can mean to hesitate, to doubt. Before, today, before, at the start, when I quoted from the Virgin Mary and I said, I think this may be for us. I think this may be something that God is saying to us. In Paul's passage, the, um, the others there, the others are you. You get to test that. You get to weigh that. And notice, when I said that, I didn't use definitive language. I wasn't like, thus saith the Lord. I said, I think God may be saying this. I think this may be for us. That's my invitation to you to test it. Now, if, if you've been around the vineyard, if you've come up and gotten prayer, um, you've probably heard this. We have kind of a funny way of dealing with this. Yeah, people will say, I, I've, I heard this for, from God. I think he's saying this. I, I'm sensing this from God, but I could have it wrong. It could be bad pizza. Bad pizza. And that is an invitation for the person being prayed for to test it, to weigh it. Now, I don't know how we got started blaming pizza, for getting it wrong, um, that seems a little weird, but I guess pizza can take it. And it, it, it is actually a little bit cool because there's a, there's a healthy humility in that. There's kind of this casual sense that we might get it wrong, but that's not a big deal. Unless it is a big deal if we think we're going to always get it right, if it's not going to be tested. Yeah, it, if you don't have something to say, that's going to get tested, don't say anything at all. So again, this is, this is simple. If, if we're going to say, I think God's saying, whatever comes next needs to be loving, it needs to be consistent with the Bible, and it needs to be tested. Let's just do that. And it's much less likely we'll get the keys taken away from the car. Okay, next, the grand finale. Oh, this is good. We're going to jump back to, back to um, Corinthians Chapter 14, again, it says there, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people, to people. Jumping down to, to um, verse 3, but, any, but the one who prophesies speaks to people. Paul is contrasting speaking, not speaking to people and speaking to people. This is not super complicated, but it is important, right? Prophecy involves people. It involves people. If you only remember one thing I say today, remember this one thing. If you want to press in to hearing from God, if you want to recognize God's voice in your life, pray for people. Pray for people. Do that. Now, careful. 
I'm not saying you shouldn't pray for yourself. I mean, that's a real thing. God speaks to us individually. We see that in the Bible. You know, Moses, right? Uh, Exodus 3, burning bush. God speaks to Moses for Moses. And God has a lot to say about the Israelites and the Egyptians. What I am saying is that in my experience, in what I see in the Bible, most of the time when God says something to us directly, that something is for someone else. Yeah. And the flip side is true too. Most of the time when we hear something from God, we hear it with another person saying to us, I think God's saying this. Yeah, I read this statistic the other day that 80% of the time that we hear from God, we hear it from somebody else. How do they know that? That statistic sounds made up. Um, but it's also probably true. Yeah, God, it's really important to God that this following Jesus business is a team sport, that we do it with other people. We need each other. We can't get away from each other when it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to hearing from God. So practically, how are we going to press into this? Well, first, if we want to press into hearing God ourselves, start praying for other people more. At small group, at work, at school, at home, right? You, you can take the Learning to Pray Like Jesus class. It's coming up here. You can get yourself on the prayer team and pray for other people. And if we want to hear what God has to say for us, for ourselves, we might need to let other people pray for us. It's not that hard. At the end of the service, right? Just come get prayer. Do, 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 do. Walk up here. Let someone pray for you. Seriously, seriously, most of us, we want to believe that this life isn't just the physical. We want to be able to hear from God. Will we press in? Will we press in? Will we let this, this all-loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God speak into our lives? Will we let him deliver messages to us, and will we let him speak through us? Do we want that? Okay, hold that thought. We're going to come back to that, okay? Hold that thought. First, we got some folks here who have heard God's call to follow him, and they're ready to be baptized. We're going to move into baptisms here. Yeah, 